Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Changu Bali with my new friend Susie Clark of the Female Leadership Collective. She quit her job in banking, sold all of her stuff, and booked a one-way ticket to Bali. She's now a full-time digital nomad and loves the year-round sun, beautiful nature, and warm and friendly people. In this episode, Susie and I talk about taking a sunrise trek to Mount Batur, visiting the white sand island of Nusa Lamongan, and spending the day at a Bali beach club. Hear about these three amazing experiences and so much more. If you know someone that wants to visit Bali, I'd love it if you shared this episode with them. The show notes and our one-page guide to Susie's tips are available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Chenggu. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Using airline miles and hotel points makes travel affordable, but keeping track of all those loyalty programs can be a challenge. That's why I use AwardWall to track my miles and points balances, reservations, and special goodies like free hotel night certificates and airline companion passes. Having everything in one easy-to-use dashboard helps ensure that I don't lose any rewards and makes logging into my accounts super easy. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash AwardWallet to start your free account. Hey, Susie, welcome to the show. Hi, Lee. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited for this chat. I'm a big travel hacker, and I like to see where all my friends travel all over the world. And one of the places where I keep seeing all my friends go is is Bali. And today we're talking about a city called Chenggu in Bali, and it looks absolutely gorgeous. And it's like it's almost like a dream destination for so many people, and I can't wait to learn all about it from you. Yes, uh, I feel so fortunate and privileged to uh, call Changu my home. So I'm excited to share it with all your listeners. Well, that's fantastic. So uh, obviously from your from your accent, it doesn't sound like you're actually born in Changu. How did you get there and what's your connection to the city? Yeah, you're right. So I'm actually British, if you hadn't guessed. And I'm originally from a place called Bath in England. I went to London for my previous corporate life. Um, I worked in banking for about six years and decided that it really just wasn't for me. I didn't want to go on that path anymore. So I sold all my stuff. I read a book called The 4-Hour Workweek, which some of your listeners might know about. And then I booked a one-way ticket to move to Bali because I'd heard about all these digital nomads working from their laptops in Changu. And I thought, right, I need to see what this is about because I can't work at the office anymore. And four years on, I'm still here. So that's kind of my backstory in a really quick snapshot. That sounds fantastic. I think it's a lot of people, especially that are listening right now in their commute or yeah. when they're in the cubicle or whatever, like it sounds like an amazing dream and, and everything else. So I think a lot of people have a lot to learn from you as far as being able to make a major life transformation like that happen. So of all the places you could have gone in the world, how, how did you choose Bali? Well, I actually chose it because it, kind of referencing what you just said, like when I first thought of this as an idea, I was like, oh, that's such a dream. Like it doesn't feel possible to go and live in a really exotic place with incredible beaches and just sun all year round, like tropics. And and I just thought, where would be my place? And I thought Bali just sounds like this fantasy land, you know? And I, I booked a yoga teacher training, this is very cliche, off of an island off of Bali called Nusa Lembongan, which I'd very much recommend your audience to uh, visit, by the way. And I went there and I just fell in love with Bali in general. And I was like, this, this is incredible. I could so see myself living here or 
already feels like home. There's a big expat community as well. So that's really what drew me here. And yeah, the, the week I moved here, I just felt this sense of like, yeah, this feels like home. This is an amazing feeling. So yeah, I did just kind of all aligned for me. That's fantastic. And I guess it's one of those like pluses and minuses, right? Of, of having a big expat community there. It, if you're going to be moving, it, it makes it the transition a little bit easier, but also sometimes if you want that authentic experience, sometimes like having that crutch of the expat makes it harder to have that authentic experience versus like kind of tendency to just to go with what what's familiar to you. Absolutely. And this is something I kind of, it's like a bit of a war inside of me, right? Because Changu is an incredible place and we're going to, we're going to chat about it on this episode, but also the rest of Bali is incredible and it doesn't really get much attention in the press and people come here and they come to Changu and they have a great time, but it is very, it's quite westernized. So there's so many other parts of Bali that they could see that are really the true authentic experience. So I'll try and like dip those into some of my answers as well. Okay, perfect. Now, well, let's take a step back for a second. You know, I've seen you know, Bali on, on Instagram and, and Facebook and everything like that. I see all these uh, gorgeous pictures that my friends share. But for the audience that doesn't know exactly where it is in the world, like, can you describe that for us? Yeah, so it's in a country called Indonesia, which I think has like something like 14,000 islands. It's like the country with the most islands in the world. And Bali is just one of the islands, but it, it typically is the one that you hear about. It's the most popular. So it's kind of south of the equator and a bit more north of Australia. So definitely far from London, definitely far from the States, but really <laughs> tropical climate and everything that you think of when you think of like a tropical island. Well, that's fantastic. So, okay. So for those of us that like, if we're planning to come out there, where do we fly? Like, how do we get there? Is there like a local airport there like near Chenggu or is there another airport that within, we have to stop and, and take a couple extra flights to be able to get there? Yeah. So there's one airport in Bali called in the capital city called Denpasar. So that's where the airport is. And to get here, if you're coming from the States, you probably, you may get a direct flight, but you probably have to have a layover somewhere. You probably have to change. So I know, I think there's two routes around the world. You can go one way or the other way, right? And I think from the States, it's pretty even based on the journey type. But yeah, typically, if you're coming from the Western countries, you probably will have to do two flights into Denpasar. Okay. And so we fly into that airport. And then from there, how do we get to, to Chenggu? Yeah, so you've just got to get past all the bustling people yelling at you if you want a taxi <laughs> once you get through <laughs> that. It is a about an hour drive in a car to Changu. And a tip here it, that people don't know about is because it can be really like frustrating, can't it, when you don't know if you're going to be ripped off and it's just that your first step into a new country, you don't want the stress. So what I would say is walk straight past everyone, go to the car park and you'll see a big green office called Grab. And Grab is where you can then book a taxi that will, like on your phone that will just take you to Changu and it's already a set price and you don't have to like faff around with negotiating unless you really like love that. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then it's like just an hour drive. Just prepare yourself for a little bit of traffic. <laughs> Sure, sure. And for those that aren't familiar, we, we've talked about Grab in, in other episodes of, of Southeast Asia. Grab is essentially the, the equivalent of like Lyft and, and Uber here in the United States. 
Yes, that's right. There's two kind of apps that dominate here on, on that and Grab and Gojek. But I think Gojek's a bit more tricky if you've got an international SIM card. But you can do everything. It's so much more than what we're used to. Like you can order something from the pharmacy. You could order something from the supermarket and someone will rock up on a scooter and deliver it for you. It's like the oh, best thing awesome. ever. Yeah. <laughs> so let's take a step back. Um, like you said, we're going to take our flight into the airport there. Uh, do we need a, a visa to get into the country or is it area like, and I know some countries have like the yellow card for, for vaccinations and everything else. Like what are their entry requirements? Yeah. So the majority of countries will be eligible for the visa on arrival, which I think at the time of this podcast would be around 30 days allowance in the country. You can extend it to 60 days if you get a special visa on arrival. But the best thing to do, because this changes all the time, is to go and visit a visa agent. And the one I recommend is Bali Solve. I think their Instagram handle is Bali Solve or their website is BaliSolve.com. And you can just WhatsApp them. Everybody uses WhatsApp here and just say, this is my situation. I want to come at this time. Like, what do I need? Do I need to do anything in advance? And they'll tell you. Perfect. Now, and then also you mentioned kind of just walking past like all the, the, the initial people for the taxis and stuff like that. Getting through there, obviously, you know, it's another country. Uh, like you said, there's a lot of expats that are probably speaking English. But as far as like the locals, do they speak English as well? Or is it is it easy to communicate with them? Like if you're taking something like Grab? Yeah, the majority of them have good English. You might get someone who does struggle, but they'll just be a bit embarrassed and say sorry, which I always feel bad for because we're in their country, right? But yeah, they're honestly, the Balinese are the friendliest of people and they'll probably ask you so many questions because they're just curious and they love to see all people coming back to Bali right after the last few years. So yeah, they'll probably ask you lots of questions and just be really warm and friendly and welcome you to Bali. Well, that's fantastic. Now, uh, like you said, if we're using Grab the app there to be able to get around, you're probably just going to link that to your credit card and you're obviously going to want to use a credit card that doesn't charge foreign transaction fees. Uh, but beyond that, uh, as we're going around, do we need some local currency or is uh, credit cards or, or mobile payments easy to use there? Yeah. So the other option as well is ticking the cash option. So if you've got cash, then you can you don't even need to link your card and you can pay in um, Indonesian rupiah, which is a really interesting currency because 100k, like 100,000 Indonesian rupiah is about $5. So you're an instant millionaire here, <laughs> which is quite funny. But yeah, you, you can get by with cash. But most places in Changu specifically will take card. But things like a beach hut on, you know, on the beach, if you want a coconut, you'll probably need some currency. Okay. Yeah. So just have a little walking around money. But the, but as far as like the majority of your expenses, you're going to be able to use a, a card for that. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Now, like you mentioned earlier that uh, Indonesia and, and Chenggu are, are close to the equator there. So I would assume that throughout the year, the weather is pretty consistent, right? Yeah, the consistent temperature, I say, like hovers around. I'm British, so I do Celsius, 30 degrees. So I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, but I'm sure we can work it out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we do have seasons in that we have a rainy season. So rainy season is from around the end of October to about March. So that you might want to avoid. It doesn't rain constantly, but it, there will be like a two hour thunderstorm probably every day. So that's the one place you might want to avoid. If you want the best time to go, I would say 
July and August because it's dry season, the humidity is the lowest. So actually people find the humidity difficult to cope with. So that would be low and it would be a bit more comfortable for people who aren't used to humid climates. Oh, perfect. And I just looked it up for 30 degrees Celsius. It's basically 86 degrees Fahrenheit. So it's a little warm, but like not like unbearably hot and everything else. So that sounds pretty ideal. Now, as far as like when people are planning their trip, is there a certain time of the year that we should plan versus others? Like I know you said that July and August are kind of the best for as far as like the weather size, but as far as like any annual festivals or other events that happen throughout the year, is there anything that's kind of special that is kind of like a can't miss situation? Well, there is something and I think your listeners will be divided. They might be like, I have to miss this. Or they might be like, I can't miss this. So they have a religious festival called Niepi, which is in March and it's a slightly different day each year. It marks the new year and basically it's so interesting the whole island shuts down so they have these parades the night before called Oga Oga parades and basically they make these massive giant monsters and the kids parade them through the streets in the dark and it's quite eerie and then they burn them and the ritual is supposed to represent like getting rid of kind of the evil spirits and then the next day the whole island shuts down it's illegal to leave your villa it's illegal to have any lights on because they believe that if Bali is not lit, then all the evil spirits for the next year will just pass over and not see Bali. And it's a day of rest and reflection. And it's kind of really nice to, to rest for that. So some of your listeners might be like, yeah, I'm not coming during that time. Then. <laughs> but some of your listeners might be like, wow, I would love to see those parades. But you can't fly into the island on that day because literally everything shuts down. Yeah, for sure. I think it'd be really wonderful to be able to, to experience that. But it's also one of those things you can't be having a, a, a lot of plans for that day because everything's going to be shut down and you can't leave your spot. Exactly. So. And things like, like the hotel. Yeah, the hotels will serve your dinner at, you know, four o'clock because the light will leave and they can't turn the lights on. So it's a little bit inconvenient, but it's really cool to see the parades and stuff. That is awesome. Okay. So once we're once we're there in, in Chengdu and we're we're experiencing some of these fun things, do we just continue using the Grab uh, app to get around, or do we rent a car, or is it public transportation? Like, how do we get around? Yeah, so I would say renting a car for bigger journeys in Bali makes sense, but not for Chengdu. The traffic is too bad; it will just be too stressful and take too long. But if you're comfortable with hiring a scooter, that would be the best way to get around. But then other than that, I would definitely suggest to take a grab. Sometimes they're hailing the taxis off the streets. I've not heard the best stories of experiences on that. So just for safety and things like that, I would definitely use a grab app. There's another one called Bluebird as well. If you have some sort of trouble linking your card, you can just use a Bluebird app as well. Oh, perfect. Okay. Now, as far as like when we're planning our trip, do you have any recommendations as far as like a really nice hotels there? Yeah, so Changu actually doesn't have as many hotels as a, a lot of the rest of Bali. It's very like villa heavy. So Airbnb is a really good idea. But if you want the hotel experience, 
nearby is Semenyak, which is about 30 minutes drive away. And if you're more of a resort kind of person, you can find all of your luxury hotels along there, like the Alila, the W, there's like all the big brands there. Indigo is another good one. And there are a few in Changu, but I'd probably say it's worth kind of having a look to see if there's a nicer villa in Changu, because that's definitely kind of the, the appeal to Changu for sure. The, the one um, that is quite good in Changu is called the Aston. But yeah, Seminyak has the better hotels. Okay, yeah, that, that kind of aligns with my, my experience when I was looking things up. I like to use hotel points when I'm traveling, and and I, I found a few good options, but most of them were in, in Seminyak or cities that are a little bit further away. One, the one that I found that, that looked really nice that was actually in Chenggu is the Regent Bali Chenggu, and that's a IHG hotel. So so there are some options, but like you said, Airbnb or Verbo, probably a better option if you want like that authentic experience anyways. Yeah, I've actually just thought of another one that's, if you really like the luxury experience and you're quite into like wellness, the Como is fantastic in Changu. So it's right on the beach, like really, really stunning. I would recommend that one. Oh, fantastic. Okay. So while we're there, obviously, you know, from the pictures I've seen, hanging out on the beach, snorkeling and, and some of those water activities definitely should be high on your list of things to do while you're there. But what are some of the other things we should do as far as like, if we want like the best things to do in Chenggu? Yeah. So I think Chenggu has the best appeal from like the restaurant scene is incredible. You've got chefs from all over the world. So you've got some of the best cuisine and obviously, of course, all of the Indonesian cuisine as well. So making the most of the restaurants, making the most of the bars, making the most of sunset, And then I would also just encourage you to maybe step outside of Changu and go about 30 minutes down the road to Tanalot Temple, which is one of the most famous temples. Probably some of your audience will already know about it, would have seen it from uh, Eat, Pray, Love, the movie. And (laughs) go and have a visit there, uh, sunset. And then I would also suggest to maybe take a trip to um, Nusa Lembongan, the nearby island that I mentioned, because that is just the most gorgeous white sand island, amazing snorkeling. You can go diving with the manta rays and things like that. So you can go and stay on Nusa Lembongan for a night, or you can even do a day trip, but it is a lot to pack into a day. Um, but I would definitely suggest to go and do that. And then the other place I would also suggest is Uluwatu. So maybe a visit over to Uluwatu because the one thing about Changu is that it's a volcanic. So the, the beaches are like dark black sand. Whereas Uluwatu, all the beaches are completely white sand, really stunning. So most people typically will hop around in Bali when they come here. So I would definitely say to go slightly outside of Changu as well to experience the full experience of the island. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really cool being able to have that experience of, of the black sand beach as well as like the white sand beaches. And you want to make sure you're getting the, the full experience while you're there. As far as like some of the beaches in, in Chenggu, do you have any ones that you really recommend? Yeah, so Echo Beach is probably one of the most famous where the big surf breaks are. So to find that, just type La Brisa, L-A-B-R-I-S-A, which is a really lovely like boho kind of beach club that you can go and hang out in. And then the beach in front of that is, is Echo Beach. And then there's also another side to the beach just down where if you type in Old Man's, which is a very famous surf bar where you can have lots of fun nights out there, um, the beach in front of there is also the, the famous part of the Changu beaches too. And you can you can walk all along the beach all the way to kind of Seminyak Way as well if you wanted to. No, absolutely. And, and like you talked about like the Eat, Pray, Love, I know like one of the 
things that you're looking to do when you're when you're going to Bali is kind of getting that like away from the hustle and bustle of, of like normal life and work and, and things like that. And you want to do some of those things that are going to help you kind of decompress and get rid of all that stress and be able to, to really enjoy yourself. I know that there's some like really cool things like yoga and water purification ceremony, like some of these other fun things that are just going to help you achieve that goal of, of de-stressing. So can you talk a little bit about those? Yeah. So 45 minute drive away from Changu is a place called Ubud. That's the part of Bali you would have seen on Eat, Pray, Love. And most people probably have heard of Ubud before because it's very much like the spiritual capital of the world. It's not on the beach. So it's very jungly, very nature, very green, quite a lot of kind of hippie culture, but it's really (laughs) stunning. And I would go there exactly if I needed a reset, if I needed to just rest and digest and there's a really famous yoga place there called the yoga barn so they do some wild kind of classes but also you know some for beginners as well so I'd go and check out that there's also there's quite a lot of out there things I don't know how spiritual your audience are but if you are open-minded there is a place called um, the pyramids of chi in Ubud which is like sound healing and they've created these pyramids and you'll go inside and you'll lie down on like a really relaxing bed and they will just play this sound bath ceremony and it's supposed to really relax you and help your stress melt away and that's that's a really cool interesting experience as well and then you mentioned the water purification ceremony so water is a really sacred thing for the Balinese there's a a waterfall just outside of Ubud as well that you can go to to do the water purification ceremony and you can get a guide that can take you around and kind of explain what each temple is for because they all have kind of symbols and they will help you give an offering to the temple. You can set your intentions. And it's just a really beautiful, very, very cultural experience. And that waterfall is called Tamangria. So T-A-M-A-N-G-R-I-Y-A. And yeah, it's an absolutely, it was really special, unique experience. Yeah, that sounds really amazing. You know, speaking of like waterfalls and, and being able to go on the hikes, one thing that I that I saw that seemed really amazing it's also kind of, I think, I think it's one of those things that's just, you got to be able to do at least once in your life, like a, like a sunrise hike. I saw something that there's a Mount Batur. Yeah. And it's like, a, I guess it's an active volcano that you can go on a hike at. Yeah. So Mount Batur exactly is an active volcano. It is about a two hour drive from Changu. I've been too lazy to do the sunset one, but if you want to get <laughs> up at about 1am, you can go and then trek up Mount Batur ready for sun for sunrise. And it's absolutely stunning. I've seen friends do it and send me photos, but I have trekked up there in the day and it's an incredible thing to do. You do need to be fairly fit. Like it is slightly challenging towards the top where it gets a little bit steeper, but it also you don't need to be like a crossfitter. You know what I mean? Oh, like sure, it's sure. still accessible. Yeah, that's really awesome. Yeah, I, I, I think instead of waking up at one, I think I would just stay up late personally. It, it's a lot easier for me to stay up late than it is to wake up early. Yeah, reframe. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, one of the things that we, we don't want to miss when we talk about uh, you visiting a, an exotic destination like a, like Chengu is like the food. And that's a whole part of the experience of, of traveling is, is doing that. And one of the things that I saw that seemed really cool is these restaurants called Walrung. I guess it's like a like, kind of like a, like a small locally owned restaurant. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's the local name for a local restaurant. So if you see Warung anywhere, usually it will be Indonesian food and locally owned. 
So do you have any suggestions as far as uh, Walrungs that we should try to hit up or any other types of restaurants? Yeah. So one of my favorites is Home by Chef Wayan. So Wayan is a common name in in Bali. It's W-A-Y-A-N. And he basically started by cooking in his kitchen and delivering during the pandemic. And it got so successful. He now has a restaurant. He managed to, you know, get his own restaurant. And it's a real popular place to go with expats and tourists and that's in a place called Pererinen which is just next door to Changi like a five minute drive oh fantastic and and obviously you know, being in a, in a spot like Changi and Indonesia you're going to have some just incredible like fresh fish and, and everything like that I, I saw that there's like some uh some a really good fish market there yeah, so that is down in Jimbaran, which is just across the coast. It's probably about an hour drive from Changu. Just don't drive at sunset. It will be too busy. And there are some incredible fish, like just all along the beach, fish stall, fish stall, fish stall, fish stall. And you can pick the one that you want. You can have a look at it, pick the fish, and they'll barbecue it for you and bring you all this condiments that they have here called sambal. So sambal is like very spicy, but really delicious to mix in with the fish and like your greens and all of that. And it's just a beautiful sunset spot as well. So yeah, I very much recommend going there. It's delicious. Oh, fantastic. Now I, I know like, you know, when we talk about things to do, but also new places to eat, I saw that there's a, a lot of like beach clubs that, that are there in, in that area as well. Right. So I know you mentioned one like La Brisa, but I think that's like something popular to do where you're, you're having fun, you hang out in the pool, having some drinks, getting some good food. Do you have any recommendations for that? Yeah, that, there's a bit of a love-hate relationship with some of the beach clubs because some of the beach clubs then uh, get rid of like the local beach huts for the space on the beach. However, um, La Brisa is definitely a wonderful one, one of our favorites. If you are really a lover of like big party kind of beach clubs, the big ones that come to mind are Finns. And then another one, more in Semenyak, that I think is a really great one as well. It's called Potato Head. But they are definitely more kind of party vibe beach clubs, whereas La Brisa is a little bit more laid back, a bit more family friendly, a bit more relaxed atmosphere. For sure. So I guess it's a matter of what type of vacation are you having? Are you yeah. having like the rager party type or it's like the chill? I'm here with my spouse or here with my family and I just want to be able to relax and enjoy myself. Yeah. At Finns, you'll see a lot of like bachelorette parties and things like that. So if that's the kind of vibe you're going for, go to Finns. But if you want yeah. to relax, go to La Brisa. Nice. I, I think I'm in that La Brisa stage of life yeah. for, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, Susie, I really appreciate you coming on sh and sharing all these amazing tips. Like Bali's been on my bucket list of places to go and hearing all about it. It's just moving further and further up that list uh, to that number one spot. But now it's time for the final countdown. If somebody only had time for one meal when they visited Chenggu, where should they go and what should they eat? My number one favorite restaurant in Changu is actually Santanera. And interestingly, I feel like this is ridiculous, but it is Latin American cuisine. <laughs> but they are absolutely incredible. And it's the most stunning restaurant. It's like two floors. There's a bar upstairs with cocktails. So I would splash out, go there, have a treat and just really enjoy yourself. The octopus is amazing. Oh, fantastic. So octopus, right? That my son is like... I, he surprised me. We were in Cozumel a couple of years ago for, for, for New Year's and he's pretty young and he just said, yeah, I'm going to take the, the octopus. So he's going to be definitely <laughs> ordering that for sure. Now, like you said, you've, you've been in, in Chenggu for, for a number of years now, and I'm sure you've 
created a lot of memories as far as exploring the island and having a lot of great fun. What's one of your most memorable stories? Um, I think one of my most memorable stories was probably, I'm looking at my rescue puppy now, and I think it was probably finding her. So that this is the other thing about Bali, like dogs are a big part of the culture and you'll just see them walking along the road. And a lot of people can be a bit scared of, of that, but actually they're usually really, really harmless and you don't need to worry. And they kind of just slot into life here. Um, and I found my, my puppy just kind of abandoned on the side of the road, mom was nowhere to be seen she was in a bad way and I adopted her and the vet helped her and she's perfectly healthy now and I think that was just a really wonderful moment to you know extend my family here in Bali and it's just lovely to have her with me as well so that's probably be my most memorable moment oh that's so awesome I if uh, if my daughter and my son and I were there we would probably like ignore everything else and just walk around like talking and petting every puppy around like, yeah that's- <laughs> that's probably what we would do yeah that, that definitely happens it's funny you can be outside of the supermarkets and a random dog will come and sit on your scooter almost like take me home please it's funny oh that is so cute <laughs> right on. Well, well speaking of good times and happy memories where's the happiest happy hour in chingu so i would probably say one of the best ones to try for real tourist laid back fun times is old man's is an absolute staple it's very much in the history of changu it was one of the first things to exist and it started as a surf bar so it's very rooted in that kind of surf culture but now you can have a really good night out there i'm not into the dj scene but i hear there's good djs there if you're more of a uh, fancy cocktail kind of person you can just cross the road over to a place called g j i and go upstairs and it's a rooftop bar with wonderful cocktails so you can't go wrong there's something for everyone around there that's fantastic yeah i like you know being able to have multiple types of experiences because like you said like sometimes i'm i'm traveling with my friends and you want to have a little bit more fun and sometimes i'm with my wife or my kids and i want to just be able to relax and enjoy myself so it's it's good to be able to have options there yeah exactly or you could go to g have a cocktail when you have too many just stumble into old mats <laughs> that's a good plan as well (laughs) now one of the things I always do whenever I travel is is check out the local pizza where's the best place for pepperoni pizza in in Chengdu yeah so I would say for this I'm going to have to recommend the American Tony's Pizza Bar you can't really sit in there it's not so much a restaurant it's more of a takeaway place so if you're really craving just a really amazing American style pizza go to Tony's and you can get these massive like sometimes they don't fit through my door in the box so I have to turn it sideways <laughs> and hope it doesn't all fall off so I would say yeah go to Tony's it's very good Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. It's always good to have a little bit of like a reminder of home. That way you don't get homesick for sure. Now, obviously you traveled significantly to, to be able to get to Bali. And I, I know you traveled around the world beyond that as well. Throughout that time, I'm sure you created some like amazing travel tips. Like what's one of your best? I would say, especially for Bali specifically, just keep a really open mind. And this sounds a bit woo-woo, but Bali has, you'll feel it when you get here. It just has a different kind of energy to it, to our, our home countries. And it will give you what you need to know. Things will happen here and you're like, oh, wow, that's like really changed my thinking on this. So just kind of really keeping an open mind. Like it's going to be very different to the culture you're used to, but 
it's going to help you like grow into this more traveled person and open your mind. And that's where you'll see really exciting side to yourself. Um, so I would just, yeah, come here with a very open mind. That would be my, my biggest tip. Yeah, absolutely. I think if you're planning a trip to a spot like Bali and then Chenggu, you have to go there with that open mind to be able to relax and experience that more spiritual side of yourself versus like it's versus London or Tokyo or, or something like that, where it's more of that hustle and bustle. Yeah, exactly. And I would say the people here are so friendly and warm and just, I know people can get worried about that in a foreign country, right? But just most people are just here to help you and just be really welcoming. So you, you can rest assured with the types of people here. That's awesome. I love it. Well, Susie, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all these amazing tips. Like I said, I, I'm ready to book a trip now. I just got to kind of clear the calendar a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, you can you tell the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Yeah. So as I said, I'm Susie. I live in Bali. I run a company called the Female Leadership Collective. So after all my experience of leaving corporate and coming here, I basically have some online programs helping women leave the corporate world themselves and launch their own online businesses. So I've got a program called Launch Academy, uh, which is online where you can learn to launch your own business. I've also got a retreat in Bali called The Reset. So this is for women who are feeling like they need to make a big change in their lives. They're kind of feeling stagnant energy. They want to do something new, maybe travel, new career, new business. And I spend a week with them in Ubud. We do the water purification ceremony. We do the pyramids of chi, lots of different healing things and relaxation and just helping them get clarity on what they want to do next. So those are the two main things that I do. I absolutely love it. And yeah, feel free to reach out to me if any of your your audience want to chat to me more about Bali or anything like that. Our um, Instagram handle is Female Leadership Collective. Well, fantastic. Well, definitely thanks for sharing all that. Uh, we're going to include links to it in the show notes. And uh, we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Yes, perfect. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun. What an awesome conversation with Susie. The pictures of Bali make it seem like such a dream destination. And after hearing your tips, I can't wait to visit. You can find all the links we talked about today and our one-page guide to Susie's tips at wetravelthere.com forward slash Chenggu. We want to say thank you to AwardWallet for being today's affiliate partner. It's my favorite way to track airline miles, hotel points, and other loyalty programs. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash AwardWallet to start your free account today. Join us next time as we head to Miami, Florida, to speak with my new friend, Julie Middlebrook 11 of tastejourneytravel.com. In this episode, Julie and I talk about people watching on South Beach, going on a foodie walking tour in Little Havana, and exploring the renowned street art museum at Wynwood Walls. We hope you join us when we travel there. I love hearing your feedback about the show. Send me a tweet at wetravelthere or email me at wetravelthere.com forward slash contact to share your thoughts. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and tell me what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app. That way you won't miss any of our upcoming destinations. <music>